0: Hello, hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am Chris Gardner, one of the hosts of the show. Joining me on the screen, and when you listen to it on the podcast platform, is Andy Yanez from Everything. Andy Yanez is part Jamaican. He uh, <laughs> works for Prosa Majama, the community impact newspaper, Gallery Sports. Uh, what is it, Gallery Sports Furniture? What is, what is the official thing of Gallery Sports?
1: What is it? It, it is just Gallery Sports, not the furniture. It's not gallery included gallery in the title. Um, and waiting for the rain to subside. I mean, there's reports that the rain is not that bad in the Bronx, uh, but they have delayed it. So uh, once that game does start, I will be tasked with covering Game 4 for Sports Map Houston. Um, I'm not sure how directly they're affiliated with ESPN 97.5 Houston, but that's another cool um, thing I get to do for them to be able to cover the Astros in that capacity which is which is awesome see like I said Andy is part Jamaican so. not, <laughs> not counting Let's Reach <laughs> Cougars that we did uh yesterday uh apparently people do not like Let's Reach Cougars in the middle of the day we need more night games after um well obviously there was a whole lot of factors and this is coming off probably the most complete game the best game of the Houston Cougars football team all season long what they were able to do to Navy but kind of a Sorry, Chris, not to go on a tangent, but shameless plug. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, be sure to do so in the archives of the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. You can see it in, in the recent streams where Dan Dunlap, Chris Garner, joined us as well. And we reca- recapped everything of Houston Navy and their 38-20 win. All right, there over he the is.
0: We got Willie Gibson and our guest, the youngest of this soon-to-be foursome on the screen, going to bring Willie Gibson in first to get Will prepared. Willie, how are you, sir? Good, gentlemen. How are you? You covered another Browns loss. We'll talk about that later on. Mm-hmm. But joining us, Gabe, be ready. Give me a thumbs up if you are ready. All right, going to bring in Gabe Warren. It's two weeks in a row. We're going to talk to a commit to the Rice Owls men's basketball program. It would be great if the Rice Owls coaching staff is watching us right now. But we're going to bring in Gabe Warren. I think Gabe is in Arizona, so i are going to bring him in on Post Talk of Sports. And it's going to be new because. None of us have met Gabe Warren yet. Mr. Young Man, Gabe Warren, how are you, sir?
2: I'm good. How about
0: yourself? We're doing great. Now you're joining Indiana uh, and Willie Gibson, and I'm Chris Gardner on Folk Talk of Sports. Let's get right into it. You announced your commitment to the Rice Owls and uh, Green Light you, as he like to refer to it, yes, a few sir. days ago. So what was the reasoning behind that, the thought process and... And we're gonna, we got a lot of questions for you in this time, so just be ready, young man. So, first it, off, why Rice?
2: Um, honestly, I just felt most welcomed and wanted and comfortable with the coaching staff. I felt comfortable with the players. Um, seeing um, Keanu come in and talking to him, I felt comfortable with him, and you know, it just felt like home, honestly. I like guess that's, that's the best answer I could give you. It just feels like home.
0: How many uh, other official visits did you make
2: I didn't make any other official visits um I had opportunities too but I um I just decided that Rice was the spot I wanted to be
0: what other places what other schools offered you uh scholarships
2: um TCU um UC Riverside uh Utah Tech uh San San Jose State um Nichols State and 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 a lot and a couple more
0: how tall are you? I'm 6'5. How much do you weigh? 205. 205. Okay. Will Andy, that might be as much as Keanu weighs, I think, right? Yeah. 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 Keanu mm-hmm. is 6'8. And I think he said Keanu last week said he's like 205, 210. I'm like, whatever. Um <laughs> okay, did you have a growth spurt like Keanu has in high school?
2: Um not really. When I entered high school, you know, I was about six one and I kind of just steadily kind of grew. Honestly, I didn't have any like, um, like sporadic growth or anything.
0: Okay. Cause Keanu told us he went from six two to now six, eight. <laughs> wow. So That's yeah. True. Okay. How would, how would you de- describe your, your game, your set?
2: Um, I feel that I'm very well-rounded. Um, I play very hard. Um, I hide motor. Um, I play a lot of defense. That's one of my strong suits. But I also get to the basket very well. Um, but I can also knock down shot off the catch and shoot. And I'm still I'm perfecting um, other things on the offensive end as well.
0: What What high school do you attend right now? Dream City Christian. And what's what city? What state is that located?
2: Uh, it's located in Arizona, uh, Phoenix. It's in Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona.
0: Okay, then I gotta ask, a Glendale, Arizona prospect, how did you learn of Rice University in Houston?
2: Oh, I, I'm from I'm from Dallas, so mm-hmm. this is my first uh, month out here. But I'm from Dallas. I went to John Paul two last year, still one state in Texas. So, yeah, so um, you know, I'm a Texas native.
0: Okay, I knew that, but I just wanted you to say it. But again, how much did you know about Rice ahead of, ahead of all this process?
2: Um, you know, growing up, you heard a lot about Rice just because they're academics and stuff like that. It's like the Ivy League of the South. So, you know, I value academics. Um, I have a very high GPA and stuff like that. I take classwork very seriously. So I knew about them. Um, when they offered me, honestly, a year ago on the 26th, so I've known them for 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 a while. Um, just kind of let the process run out. But I've known a lot about Rice always.
0: Andy, will you you guys have questions for Gabe Warren and newest commit to Rice men's basketball?
3: I do. Um, first of all, Gabe, congratulations on Thank your you. commitment to Rice. Um, I, I have to start with your your Twitter handle: gdw underscore hard work. Mm-hmm. Explain that the, the hard work piece.
2: Um, so I made that when I was, well, a couple years ago. And, you know, I just feel like I'm a very hard worker. Like, I'm a, I'm a workhorse. I love staying in the gym. I love perfecting things. I love just keep um, getting better, you know. Like, this is my second year only playing basketball. I've always played dual sports. Uh, I played football all the way to my sophomore year. So I had a lot of catching up to doing basketball. But, like, if it wasn't for my work ethic, I don't think I would have did that.
3: And you and you mentioned your, your academics. Um, what what do you kind of study at Rice? Um,
2: I want to be a chemical engineer. I know that would be tough uh, while being uh, on the basketball court. So um, I'm kind of figuring out. But I've always wanted to be a chemical engineer. I know that's what I want to be. But I'm trying to figure out like a side quest major while I while we're in season and things like that. The best the best thing so I can produce on the basketball court
0: and academically. Okay. Andy, how about you?
1: Yeah, I just want to go back. Um, First of all, like Will said, congratulations on making your commit. And, um, I mean, pretty soon you're going to be in the city at Rice, but kind of taking a step back. And um, can you talk a little bit about what your um, conversations were like, really much more what your relationships were like uh, with Scott Para and that coaching staff? Uh, Like you mentioned, they did a really good job of being able to – kind of make you feel like they were the program for you, much more of that family atmosphere. Can you just expand a little bit about, you know, what those uh, conversations were were like whenever they were recruiting you?
2: Yeah, like, they just expressed how much they believed in me from the jump. Um, My first conversation was with uh, Coach Howe at the TABC last year. Um, I did very well, um, and he saw something in me from the jump. Uh, We continued to build a relationship, and then um, Coach Scott, Pera actually called me one night and offered me a scholarship. And, you know, we just developed a a bond and relationship. Um, We just developed a bond and relationship for um, almost a year, like I said. And on my official visit, um, it just felt so, I felt so, like, whole and welcome. Just like, it it was just a a crazy feeling, honestly. Just their excitement. And you could tell it was all pure interactions and things like that. And um, you know, our relationship with the whole staff is great, the team chemistry is great, seeing the practice and things like that, so and meeting them. So, uh, that's
0: that's all. When you hear the term, phrase, slogan, green light, you, what does that mean to you?
2: I, I think that just means like uh, trusting. Uh, trusting the players, honestly, to me, um, there's not a lot of places that w- that would put that slogan. They try to put like handcuffs on you at a lot of places, but I feel like Coach Scott and Coach How and the whole Rice program, they kind of just trust the players that they that they have, and you know, that's how that's how they win. Like, and then the three ball, how they shoot threes and stuff like that. So that's definitely a, a, a part in it.
0: When when you made your official visit, was Keanu Dawes with you on that visit?
2: No, he was not. Um, he was not on me with that visit. Um, yeah, I haven't officially met a person yet, but
0: I can't wait but, to. But you two have connected.
2: Yes, yes, most definitely, definitely.
0: Are, are you
1: um, on what is it? What is it, Andy? The Graham? <laughs> Instagram are you on TikTok Instagram what's your social media look like
2: yeah I'm on Instagram and Twitter uh, um, my Instagram uh, sorry that's my Twitter my Twitter is TDW underscore hard work and then my Instagram is Warren underscore 21
0: did you make your announcement on Instagram yes sir I did see that's that's what the youngsters do now will you know yeah. <laughs> make the announcements on Instagram <laughs> we're getting there at some point. I'd love for us to this show to to uh, be part of that process when you know, young high school kids prospect and make their announcements on this show. So, Gabe, you and Keanu, we're not quite at that level, but you and Keanu are, are part of our growth in talking to young players after they commit and announce their commitment. So, thank you very much for taking time to do this. Thank you. Is there anybody uh, in college or NBA you pattern your game?
2: Pat, um, you know, I just like growing up, you know, I watched a lot of, my dad put me on a lot of Kobe, Michael, and of course, in this generation, LeBron, and then um, Kyrie, um, KD, Ja Morant, of course. I loved watching Ja Morant, because, you know, he's just, he's elite, and then. Uh, those are really the guys I have my eye on right now. Like I just watch a lot of their their games and, and highlights and stuff like that. Do
0: you have a favorite player?
2: Um, right now I would say it's it is John Morant. Like I haven't seen like it's crazy what he's doing. Prime rust almost.
0: And and who would you compare your game to in the NBA?
2: In the NBA, who would I compare my game to? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like I have like a mix, like, I value defense like that. Kind of oh. I have a lot of athleticism, so I'll put like, like uh, LeBron athleticism in there, and then, um, yeah,
0: that's about it. Well, what are your thoughts when you hear that?
3: <laughs> Very impressive, because you don't hear many um, young players emphasize defense, and to and to emphasize defense with Pat Dev yeah. is yeah, that's that's impressive.
0: Gabe, in your on your visit and your talks with the Wrights coaching staff, what was I guess kind of Their recruiting pitch to you in terms of how they plan on utilize you in the in the system, the offense, at Rice.
2: Yes, on the offensive end, they will have me uh, more of a guard, Um, and on the defensive end, they want me to be um, guarding the one through four, so they can envision me guarding the one through four. Uh, You know, the five is iffy. You know, I'm not that big, so but the one through four, I definitely, I think definitely. And on the offensive end. Of course, they will have me as shooting guard. And, you know, they utilize their shooting guards a lot. So I will have a, a big role on both teams of the floor, on the
0: floor. Did, they, did any of the coaches talk to you about the move to the American Athletic Conference?
2: Yes. Yes, I was a huge combo in it. Yeah, they talk, we talked a lot about that.
0: And, and what, was your, what was your feedback to them about going to the American? I'm
2: excited about that. Honestly, like that's a huge accomplishment of the um of Rice of moving up to that, that conference. It's a really good conference. And, you know, I I mean I love that we're moving up into that conference. You know, I wanna play those guys and and I'm very excited for my freshman year.
0: What what's the um the timetable for you to arrive on campus? And I guess either enroll in classes or, or get ready to you know, be a right student athlete.
2: Um, I, don't, I honestly don't have a, so, a solid answer for you in that, uh, for that question yet. So I don't want to butcher it. I don't have a solid answer.
0: No, that's, that's fair. Is there I mean, I don't <laughs> This is probably kind of strange about a right student, a student. Is there any chance that you would enroll in the spring, enroll early? So graduate from high school, like in December. <laughs> And then go to Rice in January.
2: Um, I don't think I don't think that's what I'll I don't think that's what I'll do. But no, I don't think that's what I'm gonna do. I never really thought about it like that. But I don't think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play my uh my high school season out, which is why I'm here, you know, to get better, be more be prepared. Um, to step foot on the floor, you know, and I'm gonna finish that out, try to win the grind session, and then I'm gonna um then I'm going to step foot on rice and hopefully be ready and uh, impact on the jump.
0: What are parts of your game that you would like to strengthen and get better?
2: Um, I've been working hard on, on shooting off the dribble, like threes. I um, feel like my mid-range is pretty strong, strong now, and getting to the rim, but, and I'm a really good catch and shooter, but I feel like I can work on um, coming off screens and, and hitting that three ball. And things of that nature. And I could definitely improve. I could always improve on my handle. You know, you never can perfect the handle for real. There's always the next step. And you wanna always keep striving and getting up shots and stuff like that. So
0: <clears throat> and once again we uh, Gabe Warren is joining us here on Folks Talk of Sports this evening. Gabe committed to the Rice Isles men's basketball program and head coach Scott Perra a few days ago. Andy, Will, do you have any more questions for Gabe? i oh, I don't okay this is great Gabe thank you very much as always I, and I think I'm not sure I saw someone in your family retweet and like uh the tweet about you being on today so whoever that was thank them for us we appreciate the exposure <laughs> so um is there any last thing you want to say to Rice Owls fans or Gabe Warren fans
2: oh, I just want to I just want to uh, thank y'all for having me for uh uh, thank y'all for the opportunity to come on here and, uh, discuss my commitment and thank you for the people that, um, wanted to hear about it.
0: You're welcome, man. Thank you very much. For taking time to join us this evening and we'll keep in touch. Good luck this season and we will see you when you arrive on Rice campus.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. See you then.
0: Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Excellent. 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 And stars are, they're not a big deal to us here on Folk Talking Sports. But in the recruiting services, Gabe is a, is a three-star, quote-unquote, three-star. Mm-hmm. So Keanu Dawes is a four-star. Now Gabe is a three-star. And they're both going to Rice. So kudos to head coach Scott Perry and his staff and Rice Styles Men's Basketball. Awesome. All right, Will. We were touching on this, and – I'm going to go ahead and play the, the clip from head coach kelvin Sampson mm-hmm. before sad, this this was friday mm-hmm. um, before saturday's scrimmage against texas and he's going to talk more about the scrimmage of what he heard his sources he wrote an article on gallery sports website that a friend of mine sent to me as if i didn't already know <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, Chris, you, me, and and uh, a friend of the show couldn't get on. in James, we're we're having a whole bunch of conversations on it.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, so well, let me just play the clip from Coach Sampson, and then we'll get more info from Andy. And uh, after the after Coach Sampson's comments here on folks Saga sports in general for scrimmages. Do you and other team's
4: coach, like, go over things you wanted to work on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we said before, like, one year, uh, it was during the scrimmage, I just blew the whistle, I called the other coach over, I said, you know what, let's put uh, um, a low shot clock and work on our, uh, our our low shot clock stuff, whether it's baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds. You just getting in certain situations. I did that uh, uh, last year, you know. Like, we don't zone. So, how, how much do you think we've worked on zone offense? Zero. You know, we, we, so, I may say zone, and I'll draw some, I'm saying this is how we look at it, because we haven't seen it. Because we're getting to the point now, starting November 7th, we may see it zone. So, we, we work on zoning practice, uh, just so we can work against it. Uh, come game time, a few people zone us. So, uh, uh, end of the half stuff, you got you a timeout, you haven't used it. Calling timeout, what are you running? Uh, uh, clock is somewhere between 52 and 47. To uh, me, that's two for one range. Uh, what are you going to do two for one? You know, uh, things that as a coach, you've got to have your team prepared for. So we'll just get in those situations and uh, we'll let both teams have the ball four or five possession, and the next team I have it four or five possession. So it's not like we're playing a game. It's not a game, it's, it's a scrimmage where uh, the other coach may look and say, Coach, do you mind doing this? And see how we do against them. And that's what we do. It, it's, it's all about your team. the next week the scrimmage. Uh, the, the mistakes that are the most egregious from this week, we'll spend time working on those. And, and I may ask that coach, you do this, do this. And he may say, you do this, do that. And we just uh, work against each other.
0: All right, Will, so what are your thoughts on what you just heard from Coach Sampson? Before I get my thoughts, i got a question. Was that practice? Yes. You guys, could... wow, that's impressive. Well, it... Andy, you're muted. It was the end of practice.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's post-practice. They're just yeah. shooting around the background. Their practice has been completed by the time they let me in. Okay. Yeah. That that
3: was, okay. Okay, that's... the whole time I'm listening, but I'm watching like,
0: man, they get to go to practice? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, the only practice, part of practice, opening practice, we saw was like the fourth, the first day.
1: Yeah, first day where through. they were mostly just warming okay. up, doing okay. drills.
0: Yeah, okay. go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. My fault. No, 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 my fault. To answer
3: your question, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's an opportunity to to beat up on someone else, so to speak, for lack of a better term. You know, you you get tired of seeing you know uh, red and white all day, every day in practice, so you have an opportunity to go against, in this case, the burnt orange. And so, and as you said, trying things out to develop your your team to develop situational basketball. You mentioned, you know, 50, between 52 and 47, the two-for-one situation zone offense, um, low shot clock, baseline out of bounds, things like that. So, I mean, you can practice that team-wise all day, every day, but to see it against opposition before the season is is tremendous. Yeah.
0: And now we're gonna to go to Andy Yannis who got more info about the not so secret scrimmage. Oh, go right, ahead, sir.
1: Yeah so we're. I guess we might as well start with the structure because I, I I found it interesting how it was structured. Um or at least what what I was told is they had they they technically played three different periods, but they had two where they were set up kind of tra- traditional twenty minute uh, halves for the quote unquote. And in between those two twenty minute periods, they had a bit of a halftime where the two programs even got to go to like the locker room and stuff like that. And um, from what I was told, that first period quote unquote it was a it was a very defensive battle. I mean, Houston and Texas. Um, I guess focusing from the Houston perspective, it they really struggled to to make shots offensively in that. Again, the, the I you can't see me, I'm quoting when I say that first half. Um, but you know, when they when it came to that second period it was um Houston was able to to start making more shots and create some separation. Um I was told that there were moments where Houston struggled, particularly with foul trouble in that scrimmage against Texas, that that um I guess you know to not to get too far ahead, but if you wanna look at it from a score aspect. Um and Chris I know this is something that, that you were told too, just in terms of after the those two 20-minute periods, um, it was Houston that had the edge over Texas if you add up the scores. But um, really it seemed like Texas, first of all, did a good job of being able to um, Expose is probably not the right word, but kind of show uh, Houston will, like you said, an opportunity to see uh, a different team, and and you know after at this point they're three. I think it might be heading into week four of their training camp yeah. that mm-hmm. they've had a plan against each other, uh, being able to see you know, what they need to work on against a different opponent um, with now almost two weeks, exactly two weeks from tomorrow when the season tips off on November 7th. Um, if I guess that the main thing that everyone wants to know is what players start. And um Jeff Goodman reported this. I was told something similar, Chris, I'm sure you were told the same thing that, players for Houston stood out with Jairus Walker, Marcus Sasser, uh, and Tremont Mark offensively, and Jamal Shedd, even though he wasn't hitting his shots. He was a a very, very good player in terms of being able to facilitate um, and really be that point guard for Houston, for the Houston Cougars offense, which um, is not surprising. We saw something similar along those lines in the red and white scrimmage that they had just last week, uh, the inter-team scrimmage that they had that was open to fans at the Fertitta Center, but um, Chris, I'll toss it over to you to to fill in some points that I might have missed. Oh, the final, the minute period that I mentioned that was much more for the underclassmen and for the walk-on. So it wasn't, you know, that was just a, it was its own separate period for, for those players. But, um, that's pretty much all the scoop I have. And,
0: and it's, 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 I got people, friends, context. What do you hear about the scrimmage? What do you hear about the scrimmage? What do, you, what do you know? What do you know? And this is after I told them it's a scrimmage. This is after I told yeah. them this is after I sent them, the video interview with Coach Sampson saying the same thing. It's a scrimmage. It's always- and, to, and to add
1: on to the point, I mean, what Calvin said a week ago after the red and white scrimmage, he said, it, I mean, it's an important thing for the program to be able to, again, like you said, we'll be able to face off against someone that isn't yourself. And the, the phrase that that uh, Calvin said, I can't remember I'm quoting him directly, but he said something along the lines where the team needs to be exposed. And the earlier, the better for the team uh, as they you know, get into the 2022-23 season, if you look at the final score, yeah, Houston came out on top. But That's not – that wasn't the focus. That was never the focus for any of these scrimmages uh, to kind of piggyback off Allen Iverson. It's not a game. Uh, I guess it's practice. It's a scrimmage. So, yeah, don't run away and say, oh, all the Houston fans, we beat Texas. We beat Texas. No.
0: But, yeah, and, and some fans will do that. And, and to those fans, I'm going to say this few years ago, uh, UH scrimmaged Baylor, scrimmaged Baylor, okay? UH won that, quote-unquote, won that scrimmage. When UH played Baylor in the Final Four, what happened? <laughs> okay? Baylor waxed Houston, okay, in the Final Four. So scrimmage, pump your brakes, people, okay? It's a scrimmage. Some players did well. Some players Everybody has things to work on because that's the whole point of a scrimmage. And as Coach Sampson said, they work on, look at the film tomorrow, look on, work on things that they need to improve. The scrimmage this Saturday, it's coming Saturday against Duke, to work on some more things and get better, try to improve in this scrimmage and to get ready for the season opener with the exhibition opener on November 7th. This is all a process. So I just get a kick out of the, the enthusiasm. From from fans about it, but overall, it is a scrimmage. Okay. Well, and my apologies for this, man. I sent it to Andy. I didn't send it to you. Who was it? Andy? Uh, Gonzaga and Tennessee. I think. Tennessee. That's it. In Texas. In Texas, neutral site are going to have an exhibition game hmm. on pay per view.
1: Really? For charity.
0: For charity. For charity. Pay <laughs> per view. Yes. Ten bucks, right? Ten bucks, I think it is.
1: Uh, let me, like, uh, the, uh Yeah, let me let me get it real quick and, and I'll give you the specifics. But yeah. Pay per view, yes. Tennessee. Nine ninety nine. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And they even have a countdown for it. Five days, one hour, and forty three seconds until <laughs> And look at how they advertise it College basketball is back Preseason action hits the hardwood in Frisco, Texas For the Legends of Basketball Classic SEC Powerhouse Tennessee takes on Annual National Championship contender Gonzaga to jumpstart the 2022-23 season Everything is bigger in Texas Including this top 10 matchup That features Mark Few and Rick Barnes Commanding their teams in the Lone Star State Proceeds from the event benefit The McLendon Foundation Watch the game only on pay-per-view for scrimmage, essentially, I guess. What are your thoughts on that, it? Will?
0: <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, who do the proceeds benefit?
0: The McClendon the... Scholar, let me put. Let me look it up, see what that is. I think it is, yeah, the, it's McClendon the John McClendon Foundation. Minority Scholarship Foundation. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's commendable. So paper, John McClendon paper. is a legend. Absolutely. <laughs> in, Absolutely. In basketball. Absolutely. Goes back Absolutely. to, uh, to uh, James Naismith. But, <laughs> truly a legend yes in very much so
3: very much so yeah i mean it, yeah so, i mean at the end of the day it's, it's it's a scrimmage and i mean kudos to the marketing people that, yes. that chose to, to, yeah. to do this but <clears throat> yeah that's i don't have much i don't have much
0: okay i'm gonna try something andy I've watched you do it. I'm going to try something here on folks talking sports. Let's see if it works. Uh, Will, I'm old. so You I'm said not, that. I didn't say that. I'm not as high tech as Andy is. So it may take me a few seconds to get it. And hopefully the volume is good. But we're going to talk about Big 12 media rights and conference payouts. But assuming I get it done correctly, we're going to hear from Andrew Marchand, the uh, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He had this little clip is from his podcast with sports business journalist John Oran. So it's Oran and Marshan do a very good job on this, their podcast, mm-hmm. but let me see if I can pull this up. I'm going to hope I do things correctly. My steps. Okay. That looks pretty good. All right. Well, I got to do one more thing and then hope I'll play it correctly. And then we'll go from there. So, Cross your fingers and your toes, everybody. <laughs> let's see if I can get it done. Let's see here. Okay, so the next thing I gotta do is play it. So hopefully it will work once I click on that play button. So let's see here. Let me see. Where did it go? It just lost it. Let's
1: see. I think they there could be a deal to be done. Uh, I think the sides are apart at the moment, but there's movement. Look, if I'm the big 12, I might wait, quite honestly, because if you go 16 months from now, uh, you can bring in all the other players and negotiate with them. If I'm ESPN and to a lesser degree Fox, I'm being a little more aggressive. If I'm them, I want to box out those other. I don't want Amazon to have a chance at this. Let them have the, you know, go have the pack 12. Uh, and you know, let that go into oblivion. Uh, and if, if if I'm the, you know, and I'm on ESPN, is it going to cost me more in a year and a half than it is now? I would say it's going to cost you more than So if you pay a little bit more than you really want right now, it probably makes sense. Yeah,
0: I I, I generally agree with you. I think that expansion is uh, is sort of no longer on the table as, a, as an immediate concern right now, it, it looks like. I think that the Big 12, if they waited, could certainly get some, some more money, but expansion is, is still out there as a, as a possibility. If I'm the Big 12 and I have uh, ESPN and Fox, really the two networks that run college football, I want to get that deal done. I want to get it done quickly, and I, I want to
4: make a statement. Well,
0: what, let me let me – now add andrew marshan reported that espn and fox are currently willing to uh per year media rights this is media rights so it's going to be different than conference payout media rights are willing to pay 350 to 360 million to to the big 12 for the media rights package and Brett, your mark is looking for 400 million uh, per year for the media rights package. So that is roughly 30 million, 33 million dollars per, which is about five to eight million dollars more—an increase than what they're currently getting right now. So, based on that, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think, Andy? You as well. You, you, and Andy. You and Will. Do you think uh, you agree with Andrew should the big 12 wait until 2024 for their exclusive initial, exclusive negotiating window, or should they, as has been reported in the last few days, reach an agreement by the end of this month with this bump in pay with, uh, ESPN and Fox now.
3: Um, if it's me, you, you have to go with now because who knows in 16 months what will happen? You don't know what, I mean, it sounds like, oh, yeah, you have 360 in the building now. So, and to to say I'm holding out for 400, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, I, know, I may be shallow in saying this. I don't, I don't know, but this isn't, uh, this isn't Rockefeller Records. I'm sorry. I, I was trying not to say it. I was trying <laughs> not to say it. I really was. But um, this isn't strong. You're not going to strong arm a TV network for forty million dollars. You're not. You're not, and you're not. You're not negotiating from a, a position of power. They are. So to say, I want four hundred million. I'm holding out for four hundred million when they're offering three fifty, three sixty. I hope that works out for you if you choose to wait. But I don't. I don't see a benefit in waiting. A lot can change. Who thought USC and UCLA would be in the Big Ten in 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 March of this year? You, you don't know, so
1: that's uh, 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 okay. Interesting. Interesting. Andy, what do you say? I agree. I think it's certainly tough to pass up to get it. I've used the phrase guaranteed but it though it is guaranteed now, if you could get a deal similar to that now I think if you look at it from the perspective of Brett your market if you are in his shoes, i think it comes down to how confident you are that one you can how, where you can position the big twelve in terms of brand whenever We've heard him talk countless times. That seems to be uh, the buzzword he likes to use in terms of the brand of the Big 12. Can you build that up to a point where you know, 16 months down the road, it is in a much more lucrative, much more attractive spot than it is now. And they mentioned it right there in the clip, just in terms of um, that big what if. And that comes with expansion. Um, I think if you could find somehow find middle grounds in terms of getting a deal agreed, that is along those payouts that might have some clauses in between if expansion, if more teams were to join the big 12, that could be something that uh, would probably be in the best interest of the big 12. Um, just in terms of that probably being the, the most thing that adds value to the conference as a whole, at least immediate value um, in a short term, but I don't, it's tricky. It's hard to pass up guaranteed money. And like you said, um, well, something that is uh a, constantly changing landscape in college football, um, uh, especially since it would be a guaranteed. And like they mentioned in the clip, it's ESPN and Fox. So when it comes from an exposure standpoint, those are the two networks you want to be in now. Um, the big question is they're always going to be behind the SEC and the Big Ten, but you know, that's, yeah, that's the
0: network. That's not, not going to change. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's nothing they're going to do about that. But uh, it, it's a tricky situation, and it all comes down into – comes down dude. you can build a brand up to the point where it's not just talk and they are at a standpoint where they are much more lucrative. They are more attractive from a fiscal standpoint. Um, and I'm not entirely too sure about that. So I I, I'm a, I have to agree with Will. I would take the, the guaranteed money now mm-hmm. if that's on the table.
0: I agree. And I'm going to play some comments from Commissioner Yomark from Tuesday Big 12 basketball tip-off. And I hope it's you can hear it. You know, boost the volume if you need to because I think I also have it on my YouTube channel, but take the money now. My thing about taking the money now, just don't do what the ACC did, okay? Don't lock yourself into a 20 year (laughs) commitment. Don't do that. Okay, just please don't do that. That's foolhardy and pound foolish, don't do that. I'm surprised Andrew Marchand did not expound on, you know, if waiting 16 months for other bidders, like who? Who who else is going to bid on the Big 12? I don't see TBS, NBC, or CBS, because the Big 10 got got in those windows. Yep, You know, because they took advantage of a shorter contract and they're able to get in line first. So who is going to beat these other networks to bid on the Big 12? And I think the Pac-12 is going to experience that soon so 40 million and well to your comment will this is the confidence of brett jormark uh he said about questioning the bump to 400 million per year he says well i'm a good salesman so he's very confident you know uh, that, i, I,
3: I have something i'll tell you offline." He, yeah okay. he, he's
0: very confident yeah um yeah. you know they're expanding to I think eight states and going from 40 million people in those, you know, citizens in those states to 75 million. So that's part of his pitch to these networks and part of his rationale to get this bump in pay. But let's see. I'm going to play the clip from Commissioner Yomark. It's about four minutes long. First part is about football scheduling. And then we'll toward the end. You're really going to like it because I got comments to say after this, about what I heard from colleagues while in Kansas City about (laughs) some of these things that Brett Yormark said. So Will, you might not be alone in your thoughts. So Andy, Will, here we go. Brett Yormark, commissioner, at uh, the Big 12 basketball tip off from Tuesday. And this is before the reports got out Wednesday that um, an agreement could be reached within the next week to two weeks. So here we go, Brett Yormark from Tuesday, at the, back, the Big 12
5: basketball tip-off. What does a 14-team football schedule look like? Well, it's it's funny you should say that. So we had a call this morning. Uh, we will not have divisions. Uh, we'll announce the this next year's schedule in early December, which is pretty much when it has been done previously. And over a two-year period, each of the schools will play each other um, at least once. So um, excited about what that schedule will look like when we finally put it out. How so do you work know. that out without
4: divisions, then?
5: I guess, what's that, what else does that kind of look like? Well, I'm not ready to comment more than that. Just now, it'll be released next month. Nine League
4: Games, though, still? So.
5: Yes, nine, <laughs> nine League Games. We'll announce it late November, early December. Um, and I'm, I'm excited
0: about R- rivalries preserved. Preserved.
5: preserved, absolutely. Looking at geography, you know, obviously, you know, from a student athlete perspective and travel. So, all those principles are part of the decision making, but we'll end up in a
4: great place. So, square at basketball, have you taken a look at one of 14 team league for the basketball <laughs> 18, schedule?
5: Eight, it'll be an 18 game schedule, uh, no different than what it is now. Um, and over a two year period, you know, each school will play um you know, other members of the all the other members of the conference both home and away
4: five and eight is the uh, is a breakdown on that potentially? Yes
5: and and potentially. And we'll release that in December also. So, you know, for to go forward.
4: And there's been plenty of reports that Oklahoma's actually trying to negotiate for that. That's my, my conversations, conversations
5: with Oklahoma and and Texas have all, always been about, you know, being great members until they leave, which is in 25. And the experience has been very positive so far.
4: When you went into negotiations with ESPN and Fox, was it simply a matter of having a number in your head? Or what were you looking for from Well, the, the economics partners?
5: matter, but I want a real partnership. And we have a great partnership with both. But everyone needs to step up their game. Uh, more marketing, more promotion, more support of our student athletes in all the right ways, more storytelling. Economics matter though, uh, but it's those fringe benefits that you know make make a deal or don't make a deal. But we're getting to a pretty good place. And again, if we don't do a deal now, it's okay. In 16 months, we'll get back at it and we'll work through that exclusive negotiating period.
4: Are you still in the market for expansion if things are you know? Well, as I've there. said
5: before, uh, you know, back in in July. Broken for business in every respect. Expansion being a, a part of that also. If there's an opportunity that something presents itself that's truly additive and creates value, extend your geographic footprint, potentially puts us in a fourth time zone, why not? Uh, but it's got to be all about value creation. It's
4: getting into that fourth time zone is a real question. Really well, listen, if we can
5: offer continued scheduling flexibility for our media partners, we, we'd like to pursue it but there's a lot that goes into that decision. And, um, you know, again, we're vetting out any and all possibilities right now. How about, how about future championship sites? Are you, are you, you know, you go out there on the job for a few months now, but, but um well, I mean, listen, here for a while. We, we, we love Kansas City. Um, prior to me coming on board, we extended to 27. Uh, the women come over next year in 24. Um, so for the foreseeable future, we're here. Uh, but I would like to create some tentpole events, maybe outside of our championships, that give us an opportunity to showcase who we are and where we're going in major markets across this country, in an effort, obviously, to nationalize this conference. So everything's under, you know, consideration right now. But we're <laughs> thrilled being here. Uh, I've heard wonderful things about this tournament, and for the foreseeable <laughs> future, we'll be here. <laughs>
3: What are your thoughts, Will? Go ahead. Well, the first thing he said early in the in the statement and in, in his availability about the travel and the concern about student athlete travel, but then he talked about that in the fourth time zone. What? What? <laughs> that was the first thing. I'm sitting here like, okay, huh? Huh? Interesting. But um, yeah, that I mean, ah. Uh, yeah that was interesting i'll defer to i'll defer i'll defer the rest of my statements but yeah that was interesting
0: okay next um not mm. one the clip. this clip. this part that i'm going to say was during his interview with i forget her name i i think i forgot her name i, I don't mess it up while he was on the, the stage just before he talked to us right there one of his opening comments to, to the media, Will, Andy, is we're going to move the media away from courtside for the conference tournament and sell low seats to fans. So media will be sitting up in higher, higher places in, in the building. We're going to raise ticket prices for the first time in 10 years of a tournament to generate additional revenue. So colleagues are like, so you're going to tell the media here at a media day that you're moving us out of our seats so you can start taking to the fans. That was, that did not go well at all. Of course. Of course. Uh, next, Commissioner Yomark has been consistent in his goal to nationalize the Big 12. Numerous colleagues touched on what I touched mentioned last Sunday. Nationalizing the Big 12? This is... This is an older conference, older fan base. Okay. And and many of them said, good luck with that, your mark. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Andy, as a youngster, what do you what is your reaction to that? Yeah, I'm you on oh, mute. I muted you, yeah. How you right, here we go. There we go.
1: My good audio. Yes. good. Yeah. All right, sweet. Um, just what I was going to say. That's something that um. Brett great. Your creator reiterated when he was here in Houston, in terms of that goal, wanting to nationalize the conference. And then he, he said it again. I, I think he has that engraved into his memory in terms of open for business means uh, any, basically all options to be able to, to help the brand that is the big 12 when it comes to, uh, modernizing the big 12 conference it's interesting especially when you look at um kind of the origins behind it where it's rooted just in terms of especially you don't you don't think about it from a traditional standpoint the big 12 isn't necessarily um when you look at some of the schools if we're talking the Baylor's of the world the tcus of the world um even the West Virginians of the world, it's going to be a process. It's not going to be a change that can be done overnight. If you look at it from that standpoint where you can get uh, specifically in regarding to the older alumni fan bases to be able to kind of get with, uh, this is going to sound so cliche and so, uh, so funny, but to get with the times for the lack of a better phrase, um, it's going to have to be a long process. They truly are committed to changing the ideology of the conference, which, um, and when I mean time, it, it's years, it's honestly, probably decades when it comes to, um, gradually having to change that. But I think his mind's in the right place. And it's something that has to be done if you want to, especially right now, because it's, it's clear that the sec and the big 10 are, are the top conferences in all of you know college sports. So what, what are you going to do? Um, one, you have to find a way to make yourself unique from that standpoint to stay alive. What makes you different from those conferences? Why should a national audience um, care about you, for the lack of a better uh, phrase? And I, that's why I, th- I think what he has in mind, it's something that has to be done, um, because at the end of the day, um, and it's going to affect the TV contracts and all that stuff, um, if you're not going to be willing to, to adjust and, and change that ideology Um, a BYU-Baylor game is not going to be able to be uh, sustainable for long-term success if you keep doing what you've been doing, especially when it comes – you look at if if his goal truly is to nationalize, well, what are you making the rest of the country do to care about a BYU-Baylor game, a TCU, you know, a TCU-West Virginia game um, and make those relevant to the rest of the country?
0: And he's he's trying – he wants the conference to become more culturally culturally diverse. Yeah. So that will take time to do, for sure. Um, the Big Twelve hired um, a company the last few days to help with promotion of the conference. Um, to help with modernizing it, modernizing conference. the conference. That that company has worked with a lot of Rock Nation clients, other clients that, you know, currently are not Big 12 clients. So <clears throat> he's got a lot of grand ideas. One of the things he touched on about more one of his talking points is storytelling. He wants more storytelling yeah. for all the players, student athletes, student assets, I say my word in the conference. And he says in one of the New, Before new members joined July 1st, 2023, one phase of promotion will be done by that point to welcome in the new members to the conference. So the name of it is a creative agency. Name of the company is Translation. That's the name of the company, Translation. (laughs) They are a creative partner that the Big 12 reached an agreement with on October 17th. So it's to help with the branding, help with the marketing, promotions, all those things. So he's got a lot of ideas, I think, and and he's touched on it himself, that it's going to take five years, ten years to see his plan come together and to see a lot of these changes take root. We'll see how that works, if it works. The younger Andy generation... They might be in, you know, great with it. The older ones who are averse to change. What is this young man doing? What is this New Yorker doing? This outsider? What is he trying to do to our league, our conference, our university? So there might be a clash here and there. And he's, he's talked about potentially moving the site of media days to different cities in the country i'm kind of curious about his plan or idea of, of tent pole concerts and events okay i want to see what that's gonna do how's <laughs> that's gonna work uh will you shaking your head but what do you do you at least give him an a for effort will um okay
3: yeah i mean i i, I understand i understand what I understand. Yes, I understand. Um, But I'm just looking at how do you market with all due respect? And, you know, with all due respect typically means my next statement is going to disrespect someone. However, with all due respect, how do you nationally market Texas Tech? How do you nationally market BYU? Well, BYU,
0: I mean, because of who they are. I'm on my university they are national I mean they're global well yeah you know yeah
3: the the university but okay that they're, they're byu F, uh football the, yes the university is global the, the 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 faith is more is is global but the football program and I, and I, I know you and I talked about this earlier this week I finally heard him say student-athletes because with all this marketing, with all these ideas, I never heard him mention the product. I never heard him mention the student-athlete until just that that statement that that, that clip there. So, I mean, I, I just, I mean, I understand the out-of-the-box thinking. I understand you bring in a quote-unquote outsider. I, I just, I, I guess the proof is in the pudding.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I read another article real quick, Andy, that he discussed that he met with, I didn't know this until I read it today, <laughs> that he met with the student advisory, student athlete advisory committees for each campus member school, as part of his tour, his Big 12 tour. So he listened to them, uh, their listening, listening tour that he had with everybody. So that's good to know. He listened to their suggestions, ideas, concerns, and he has said that one of their issues was more promotion for the non-football and non-basketball sports Mm -hmm. okay so we'll see if that happens he wants more promotion for women's basketball and women's sports he's that's one of the things he wants from the media partners to do more of that we'll see if it happens go ahead andy
1: no, I was just going to say, at the end of the day, the his job and what he's trying to do is to get more eyeballs on the conference. Um, and again, going back to what I said earlier, it's something that has to be done because – you're not going to catch up the, to the big 10 and the sec from a standpoint of what they've been able to establish. So you, you gotta, you gotta start throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks and go from there um, and being able to make the big 12 unique. And I think it's interesting um, from that aspect of, you know, if they do get to a point where they start rotating championship games, where they start rotating media day, kind of making it more of an event and a spectacle, a spectacle in and of itself uh, more so than the traditional, football game or basketball game or whatever the sport is um, from that aspect. And if they are able to get it at least um, again, what he said about nationalizing the conference and getting some interest in the West coast, that makes it interesting because then you could get um, if you are able to build it from an event standpoint, maybe you're trying to attract more people to get, you know, to care about it at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do to get interest in your product. Um, And again, I feel like it's something that has to be done just to, to, stay alive in what the conference landscape is. Now, at the end of the day, that's much to be said because if you could throw everything on the wall nothing sticks, well, <laughs> then you're kind of screwed at that point, but I think it has to be done. I mean, I think the Big 12 is an older
0: demographic that has to adapt to the times, so that's important. Um, we'll see if he, he makes good on it. Getting back to the the money and discuss for the media rights deal. <clears throat> the numbers, like I said, it's a bump of between five and eight million per year per school to get to like 30, $33 million per school. That's some TV. Other money comes from the bowl games, the college football playoff, which is expanding the NCAA tournament units, which for big 12 man tubes, and hopefully at some point, There will be units for women's basketball as well. Right now, there are no units being paid for women's basketball uh, from the tournament. That money goes in that, and then sponsors, corporate sponsors, all that pulls together to add up to conference payout. So there is a realistic chance that the Big Twelve payout, like I said, it it will never be Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, but could get to fifty million. 260 million with conference payout, bowl games, college football playoff, NC tournament units. I mean, men's basketball may send eight, nine teams to the tournament every year for the next eight, ten years. If those teams <laughs> advance to the tournament, get to the Final Four, that's more money for the conference. And that, that money gets distributed to everybody in the conference as well. So that's all yeah. part of it. So I learned this. I was naive to it, you know, thinking – Media rights deal was the big hunk of money, which is a big hunk of money, but it's not all of the money. There's still more money that the conference gets as part of what they pay out to the member schools. Any thoughts on, will, the potential of the Big 12 getting more money than the Pac-12 to pay out to the member schools? Um,
3: Yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, because I look at what's the remaining of the Pac-12. You still have your Arizona schools. You still have your Oregon schools. You still have you. You still have your Washington school. You look at Seattle. You look at Phoenix. You look at the Portland area. I, that those markets trump Lubbock, Waco. You know, and, and not to be, um, and just to be completely transparent, Cincinnati, Provo. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think the Pac twelve, I think the Pac, the Pac twelve would still put together a more attractive package than the Big Twelve,
0: but not in terms of fans. Not in terms of fan base. What? Yeah. Yeah, And, and then it's, I'm curious to see what the Pac-12 will do If the Big 12 And Commissioner Yomark Reach an agreement soon To have an extension With their media rights deal from ESPN and Fox Then what for the Pac-12 They're going to the open market What's left yeah. Except Digital platforms And The Pac-12 is not the NFL
1: in terms of ratings, All okay. Right. So
0: Amazon Prime, whatever the hell it is, how many folks are going to watch the Pac-12 sports on Amazon or Apple? Mm-hmm. So, in that scenario, if if the Pac-12 goes that route, only that route, which I think would be a huge mistake, and a lot of the coaches would be like, okay, you just this, we're getting more money, but you're taking away our, our exposure because. There's still more exposure on linear platforms and digital, yeah. Then, who's to say, Will Arizona, Arizona State? We don't want this, we want to go to the Big 12 now. <laughs> so, so, we're, so that's just some thoughts out there, Andy. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrap it up so you can, uh, before you go, cover the Astros Yankees game. How can folks find you on
1: social media, sir? Yes, sir. They can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Um, it's cut off a little bit on the on the screen there, but there it's on the ticker at the bottom. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe to the Potsdamma jaMA YouTube channel. That's P-A-W-D-S-L-A-M-A-J-A-M-A, which I have memorized down uh, your one stop shop for Houston Cougars football, men's basketball and women's basketball um we are last time i checked we're at 382 subscribers so um slowly inching closer to 400 and obviously we're on the road to a thousand subs um please be sure to subscribe to the channel it'll really help us out because once we get to a thousand that's when uh, we can really start cooking when it when it comes to monetizing with the channel um and if you're interested in sponsoring the let's rage Coots post game show be sure to reach out to me at that email. As you see, it once again, in the ticker, let'sragecougs at gmail.com, all lowercase, all letters, um, no extra symbols. Just let'sragecougs at gmail.com. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Thank you again, Chris, for having me on your show. I'm going to have to hop off a little early because I do have to get on another um, one. But thanks again, sir.
0: Do your job, man. Will, Andy's uh, part Jamaican. It's <laughs> many hats. So, <laughs> on, man, take care. We'll All right. Bye, y'all. See right. Yes, sir.
1: Bye. Yep.
0: And um, we haven't touched on it very much, Will. But the Cougs football team beat a bad Navy team yesterday, 38 20. Okay. Setting, setting up another game against a bad football team, South Florida, this Saturday, homecoming at Houston. 11 a.m. kickoff. I I said yesterday on the Let's Rage post game show, I predicted, it's not going to happen, but I predicted 30,000 fans will come to the homecoming game this Saturday.
3: Okay.
0: Will and Dayon and said 20,000, 20 to 25,000. Okay. They're probably going to be closer to being bright than me. But 30,000, I think, is that's nothing (laughs) but in Houston that's a lot but that's where the program is so you mr. the Ohio State Mm -hmm. I think y'all get 30,000 for practice (laughs) right maybe
3: yes it might have been a tailgate yesterday with about 30,000
0: maybe so you have the Cougs game against South Florida 11 a.m. Central game will be on ESPN 2 Hey,
3: watch out for Jeff He's coaching for his job. Don't 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 think that's a gimme.
0: Just saying. Will, we'll, I mean, US football has they have no business taking anyone for granted. <laughs> so let's not get let's be clear on that. Yep. Saturday against Navy was their best offensive showing. For the most part, they had a just a cluster in the third quarter when they were just like they looked awful. Fumbles, mm-hmm. you know, but it was Navy, so they were able to overcome that so Houston is now above 500 and let me put this up real quick if I can do this a little stat line from Saturday's game they're above 500 overall two and one Mr. Gibson in the conference yeah they beat South Florida they go to three and one they really don't they don't play UCF or Cincinnati in a regular season so if they don't have a lot of difficult matchups on paper the rest of the regular season. So there's a chance they could do what they did last year, beat up on bad teams and still not be a great team. But I digress. <clears throat> anyway, what happened to the Browns today, sir? A combination of things. I think, again,
3: until you know how to win, you don't know how to win. And I said it two weeks ago, this team just doesn't know how to finish. and They, they just don't know how to finish. They lost today 23-20 to the Baltimore Ravens. And you would look at it and you would think if you hold Lamar Jackson to 120 yards passing and 59 yards rushing, no touchdowns, you would think you had a, big, uh, a, a good shot to win. And you can't fault Jacoby Brissett this time. He threw for three two uh, 258, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Because there were three times this year, he's thrown an interception and the waning moments. But they just, now uh, there were a couple questionable calls by the officials, uh, offensive passing appearance that nullified a touchdown that could have won the game for Cleveland. Um, but you, at this point, you're two and five. You can't go around blaming the referees. I think this team just needs to know and learn how to finish. And Uh, They're five weeks away from Deshaun, and I think that's really now what the countdown is. It's two and they're two and five. They have Cincinnati coming into Cleveland on Monday night next week. If they go two and six, strike up the band at that point because it's over at two and six. And uh, at that point, you will be one and two in the division. So it's now time. And then defense played well. They've been calls for the defensive coordinator Joe Woods to lose his job. Defense play well. It's just they don't know how to win, uh-huh. and until you know how to win, you don't know how to win. If that makes sense, I mean, it just they just have to learn how to win. And I think now people are just waiting for December fourth, when Deshaun Watson, and they think Deshaun Watson is going to be cure all. He's going to come in, and they're going to go five and zero. Because that was the whole thing. The thing was, if they can get the five and five and six, six and five without Deshaun. Deshaun's gonna come in. they go five and one at worst, and then they'll be in the playoffs. Well, now they're two and five. Yeah. So it's no longer Deshaun's gonna come in and get us to the playoffs. It's our job is going to be maintained at two and five, and, and I think so. I don't, I don't think they're in a position to fire anyone. I've been <laughs> I've been wrong before. Uh, let me check my phone. Hopefully that I don't get an alert right now. But I,
0: I, don't, I don't foresee that happening are you surprised going to the nba are you surprised phillies zero and three
3: yeah because they lost to the spurs yes with indeed scoring 40 yes that's nuts they lost to the spurs i mean and that goes to the adage on any given night because yeah to lose i mean boston opening night okay milwaukee okay the spurs no nah. No one saw that.
0: And they look, they look bad. Their defense looked really bad in that game to the mm-hmm. Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, ask you about the Sixers' 0-3 start. Rocket fans should not be surprised at the Rockets' 0-3 start. No. Because of who they played. They played the Hawks, at the Hawks. Home against John the Grizzlies. And then on the road against Giannis and the Bucks. The Rockets are not better than any of those teams. No. Okay? And yet there are fans calling for Steven Silas to be fired. Why? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, and I asked some of them last night on the show, on Let's Talk Houston Rockets. Why do you want him fired if you're trying to – if if their goal is to be bad enough to improve your shot to get Victor Wiminyama? Yeah. So wouldn't a, a new coach, supposedly a better coach, improve the Rockets' chances of winning more games, which would then lessen your chance of getting Victor Wiminyama? So right. you can't have it both ways. You know? right. So I'm surprised Utah is off to a great start. Well, a good start.
3: Oh, oh, you should hear the fans in Cleveland now. See, it
0: wasn't Colin Sexton. Colin
3: Sexton was the answer.
0: Mm, okay. Mm, yeah. No. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Utah, I think they'll they'll reach their plateau soon. Because at some point Danny Ames will be like, uh fellas. Right. Um we're trying to lose games here yeah. to get uh, Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson. Y'all need this okay, slow down now. Pride is one thing, but I'm thinking long term. <laughs> okay. right. right. So, so it's just one of those things. I get a kick out of it. Fans are fans. Fans have a different perspective than media, which is are they fans. You know, yeah. and so that's understand- understandable. Well – The Buckeyes beat Iowa yesterday, right?
3: Yes, sir,
0: 54-10. Iowa's offense seems like it's from like the 1800s.
3: Well, here's the thing. Um, It's the most blatant case of nepotism in college football (laughs) history. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is the head coach of Iowa. Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator. Brian Ferentz is Kirk Ferentz's son. He's not going anywhere. Um, Iowa has scored seven offensive touchdowns for the entire season. Ohio State has three wide receivers with five touchdown receptions this season. Um, CJ Stroud has 29 touchdown passes this season. Iowa, as an offense in totality, has seven offensive touchdowns this season. The, the, the touchdown they scored yesterday was a defensive touchdown. Yes. Yep. So,
0: yeah. That that, yeah. that that says it all right there. I mean, those numbers, those are facts. So, Iowa, you get what you got. <laughs> you wanted that. You allowed it to happen. Now you got it. Yep. So, so now you're dealing with it. And their offense, it's a bad joke. I mean, it really is a bad joke going forward. Um, I'm bouncing around because we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher fans, (laughs) how you doing? I'm going to say it like that. How you doing? Mr. Gibson, how can folks find you on social media? Uh, You can find me on social media. uh,
3: The handle there, at WillGibson7, on both uh, Twitter and the gram. (laughs) And... Also on WTGSports.com, but can I say one thing real quick? Uh, yes, this, sir. This, the Big Twelve related. I'm, I'm topical. I'm okay. speaking with the the, the topic. Uh, shout out to Luke Fickle, uh, Cincinnati head coach, who became the all-time winningest coach in school history yesterday, mm-hmm. um, beating I believe SMU and so they beat. Right. And uh, he became uh, the all-time winningest coach, and you see Bearcat history. So kudos to him.
0: Appreciate that, sir. And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Twitter, or well, you see it right there, big screen. Will yes, I am, I am now, well, the Houston Round Bar Review is now on TikTok. Oh, wow. Yes, now on TikTok at Houston Round Bar Review. Keep it simple, consistent. Yeah. Same on YouTube and the gram, Houston Round Bar Review. Houston Round Bar Review.com is the website. I will not dance. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I, I might. There's a chance at some point I might sing. I've said that a few times. I might do that. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I'm going to do a dance for TikTok. No, okay. whatsoever. But can you I mean, tell your want, story?
3: Can you, yes. can you tell your story from the the Toyota Center the other night? Uh, Man, uh-huh.
0: I told it last night and I'll tell it <laughs> oh, again okay. if anybody's okay, new. Okay. No, I'm going to tell, tell it again because you know, it's, it's just something <laughs> else to me. Uh, I'm walking into the game Friday night for the Rockets home opener. Going into the media entrance or the admin entrance, slash media entrance. And this young lady, 14 years old, maybe 14, 15, whatever, she was young. Okay. Puts her smartphone down Mm -hmm. to pop it up on a pole. Okay. And at first I'm like, what is she doing? You know, is it broken? What you know, what is she doing? Then she takes a few steps back to be with her, her friend. And the two of them proceed to do a dance routine. <laughs> I mean the hand things, all everything together in tandem for TikTok. So I'm just walking, shaking my head and I walk by him, and it's like, Yep, I'm old. That's <laughs> another generation. <laughs> because yeah. yeah. So yeah. and then I put that on Twitter and I asked a friend say that the high school kids, that's all they do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I learned something new right there. So, youngsters, if you're going to do that, I hope you're getting paid for it. You know, good. That's my thing. If it don't make dollars, it don't make it sense. Don't make sense. <clears throat> so, wrap it up. I'm Chris Gardner of Houston Round Bar View, HoustonRoundBarView.com. Thank you once again to Gabe Warren for joining us in the first segment of the show. He's the most recent commit to the right Owls men's basketball program. Good luck to him this season and good luck to him when he gets to H town next season to join the owls. So that's another thing that we're trying to do, get more of the kids who commit, announce their commitments most likely on the gram, but then have them come on this show on folks talk sports to discuss it. So hopefully that'll happen more in the future. So as always, thank you to the folks who watched us on the Houston round bar view, as well as on the folks talk sports, Twitter account, which I did not plug enough because I want to get Gabe's info on there. But folks talk sports, F-O-L-K-S-T-A-L-K-S-P-O-R-T-S on Twitter. So thank you very much to everybody who who watched us on YouTube, Tony M, Brandon, Mr. Rockets will win 33 games this year. He said that last year too, so he's consistent. So thank you as always for everybody doing that. Kudos to Andeanez for his Info and insight about the Cougs-Longhorns scrimmage. And remember, Cougs and Duke will scrimmage this, this Saturday. I'm not going to give the location. I know where it is. Folks will find out eventually. It probably It's not a secret. You'll find out. Uh, and if you're wondering, if missing James Mueller, James had another commitment this evening, so he was unable to join us. But hopefully next week he'll be able to join us. So in conclusion, we'll see you next Sunday for another edition of Folks Talking Sports. Take care. Peace.